And whatever happened The Tuesday and so slow Gone down the old man with a transistor radio Standing in the sunlight laughing Hiding high a rainbow's wall Slipping and sliding All along the water And good morning everyone and welcome to All Things SR Podcast Good afternoon, good evening uh, Good night for some <laughs> Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Pam. How are you this fine Saturday I in am October? Just fine. I'm just fine. Just glad it's a cooler day today, although the sun's not out, which is kind of a bummer. But... It's trying to peek out here. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley's loving the music, Brown Eyed Girl. She says, love this song. I'm so happy to see you, Franca. Good afternoon. Um, she's... Uh, with us, it's three o'clock in the afternoon, um, South Africa time, no, and she can be with us for half an hour. I'm really glad you could join oh, and stop great. by. That's we great. have Black Thank Lab you. Lady back from her moose hunt, uh, her two-week sojourn up into uh, the beautiful Royal Mountains of Maine, and um, glad that you were able to come back and had a lovely trip. And I know that she also, I think, went up to. Canada mm-hmm. for a bit, so mm-hmm. wonderful, and I, wonderful. And I see Anna and Cheryl here as well. I know. How are things in Hot Lana, Cheryl? Mm-hmm. Hoping everything's well. I, hoping everyone's doing well and safe. Um, well, Lori, I think, I think and Braves Ashley are, as well. The Braves are playing tonight. I understand, and that will be uh, the whoever wins that game will be the matchup to the Houston Astros. It's going to be a good series. series. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, should be oh, fun. Uh, There's Pollyanna. See... Hi, Pollyanna. Hi, and Pollyanna. And Ellie's. K-K. Everybody's coming. So. I know. I'm passing the coffee over to everyone. Absolutely. Um, Ellie, especially early, early, early Ellie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellie is, um, for those who are new, um, Ellie lives on the west coast of the U.S., so in California, and uh, it's three hours ahead there. So it's six in the morning. Um, I'm glad you could wake up to uh, have a little coffee and listen to all things SR this morning. Um, oh, Ashley, that's nice. She says, happy to be here, too. I look forward to it every Saturday morning. Oh, I do, nice. too. And Cheryl, I, Cheryl's saying we are hoping they win. I know. It's, it's, it's a really going to be a great series it's going to be a good series i mean i have to watch and as a as a diehard yankee fan this is very hard for me to say but i'm so sorry that the red sox lost i'm not a houston fan no fans against the town but their team is known to cheat here and there so well as a diehard orioles fan i'm just rooting for any of the underdogs because (laughs) My Orioles are always the underdog in, in the situation. So, um, but no, I love baseball. I love this time of year. Um, it's such a magical time. There are all so many exciting sporting events are going on, um, mm-hmm. and I think you know you have the playoffs in, in baseball. You have college and professional uh, American football. You have hockey starting. You have preseason NBA and basketball. It's just, it's exciting. Yes, it gets, yes, it gets Franca, very the, crazy. The, the sport we were talking about with the playoffs and the Atlanta team where Cheryl lives is the uh, baseball, mm-hmm. uh, American baseball. So, um, but for the rugby fans and in the crowd, there is a really great rugby match um, in the U.S. <laughs> in Washington, D.C., the New Zealand team the New Zealand Blacks I think are playing USA today in um, Washington DC and my daughter was trying to get down there she's not going to be able to but she's she's a really really big fun about it Franca says uh Leslie just said baseball I don't know much about it except what I read in the romance novels (laughs) you know great point um it might be worth a, a look on the YouTube Franca to see it's Maybe a very, very far distinction from cricket, 
you know, there's a ball and a bat and you hit the ball. Um, it's so much fun. Uh, it's really fun to watch. Like Pam and I both are baseball fans. So, uh, it's, it's, um, a, a big part of American lore. Um, and we have but, a good time teasing each other back and forth about our teams. And yes, we do. And uh, SR gets into the trash talk once in a while, too. <laughs> yes, he does. He does with his Toronto Blue Jays. Blue but, Jays yeah. and but it's funny because uh, I remember when we had gone to uh, like. My sister, brother-in-law, and uncle, and I uh, went on va- uh, did a vacation where we went up to Niagara Falls for a couple of days, and then we drove. We were going to Quebec, and it was it was this time of year, and we were driving through, and we hit Toronto. I said, "You know, the Yankees are playing the Blue Jays today. You want to go?" <laughs> and my 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 sister and her husband are definitely. Any sport does not belong in this house on TV, so it, you know it doesn't matter. To them. Uh, unless, unless I love sports, I um, just love unless, it. And Franca, I've not read any baseball romances yet, but I want to um, at some point. But did you end up going, or did they pass on that? Of course, they passed on it. I know, I know. It's tough well, sometimes. Even if you're not a fan, sometimes it's fun to see the experience and see. Mm-hmm see the game and see people the in-game entertainment and watch people watching. It's always fun. Franca says she remembers watching that movie with Madonna and Tom Hanks. We are definitely cricket fans down here in South Africa. Yes, that movie was called A League of Their Own, uh, based on the true league, um, uh, the American Women's Women's Baseball. Baseball Association. They had women's baseball during the 40s, during World War II, since most of the male baseball players were recruited to go into war. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have seen a little bit of American baseball. Um, they actually filmed some of that in Cooperstown, New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and one weekend when I was visiting there, there were some women baseball players there. I got to talk to them um, who had played during that time. It was a very special weekend for me. Yeah, we because um, I didn't expect up, to see them, and they were there. We had gone up one weekend when they were doing an exhibit of the American Women's Baseball Leagues. It was when my husband was alive. Every uh, one weekend in the fall, every every year, we would take a ride up to New, uh, Cooperstown for the weekend. Mm-hmm. It's such a great little town. It's such a it nice is, and there's town. a very rural. Um, lots of lots of trees, and there's a lake there. The source of the Susquehanna River, actually. Mm-hmm. So it's north. Uh, it's in New York State. So it's north of Pennsylvania. So if you could take a, theoretically, you could go down the river and you would get to Sealands Grove, which is That's where true. the setting is for um, Gabriel's Inferno. Um, and uh, it's, it's a lovely, lovely place. Very small town America. Um, Anna, Anna, I'm laughing. Anna's saying, well, the pirates just suck. Um, <laughs> Anna, you got to love your pirates. Come on, the Bucks, they, they keep trying. The pirates are the professional baseball team in uh, Pittsburgh, which is mm-hmm. western Pennsylvania near where Anna lives. So, And also near where KK is. Mm-hmm. Good morning, KK. Um, Betty is a fan of rugby, and she says, I'm a fan of rugby if Paul is playing, especially. Especially, yes. And rugby is huge in South Africa, Franca says. Mm-hmm. Well, my daughter is becoming obsessed with rugby, so um, she loves the Australian sevens, um, and she's watching a lot of women's rugby, too. She's just fascinated by it. So she likes sports in general, but she's kind of just discovered rugby. Brenda's pulling for the Astros, which is makes sense because mm-hmm. that's the team that's closest to New Orleans, I believe, mm-hmm. or one of them. Mm-hmm. And Anna's saying, go to hockey and sit by the glass. That's and always fun, think, isn't it? <laughs> in South Africa, Franca, do you have ice hockey? Do you, Are you familiar with that sport? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> Lori says baseball games can be so long. 
my only uh, complaint. That, that, that's true. And Betty wanted to it's, know if you were says you were going thought you were going to say she was hanging. You were hanging out with Madonna <laughs> at Cooperstown. Oh my gosh, I, I, that would be fantastic, wouldn't it? I would love to talk to Madonna. I have so many questions for her. Um, Anna says she's not a baseball fan. I like the physical hockey and football. Yeah. You know, it's a really interesting game. Australian no rules football. I've seen that on television. My, we, my <clears throat> husband and I used to occasionally on my, I think one of the sports channels on TV, it would come through and we'd sit there and my, and he was fascinated by the men in the white hats, with the little flags and, and they would pull the fat flags up, I guess when, the, when there was a score made and, and it, they would only move from the row goes up. That's it. I mean, it was, it was, it was a, it was a hoot. I liked it though. It was fun. <laughs> Well, um, Ellie's saying that they went to the high school football game last night, American football, um, mm -hmm. to be clear. And uh, they go for the band because I believe one of her kids plays in the band, if I'm not mistaken. Or are you just have friends with the Are you friends with the band, Ellie? <laughs> um, Anna says she loves a hard check. And uh, Franca said no ice hockey here in South Africa. No ice rinks anymore. Okay. I wasn't sure. I... I mean, hockey definitely has a worldwide base and a lot of countries play, but I wasn't sure um, what it was like in South Africa. <laughs> and yes, KK, mm -hmm. it's all good until you take a puck in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, my gosh. That's when they crash into the boards and you're right there. It's always yes. Fun. And Brenda says, I like all the athletes entrances to the arenas all dress up in their small suits. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, oh, when you're talking about time. entrances to the arena, I just got a flash of Passion Flicks' film, um, The Will, mm -hmm. with Jake the Truck, um, the boxer coming in down the, you know, down the hallway, getting yes. ready for the fight. And then, of course, I have other flashes of other scenes in that movie, but I will di I won't digress. Because <laughs> it is a good Karen movie. knows what I'm talking about, don't you? We're a big mm -hmm. fan of that film. Um Anna said, Karen, I did see a lady take a baseball to the eye at Little League. Oh, yeah, my daughter got hit in the face playing Little League. So, mm, And then my like, youngest, nice. Sabrina, got hit with a ball playing field hockey. Mm -hmm. And that and she was like, nope, I'm, uh, she was done after that. She didn't play the next year. She's like, no, I don't, I, I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> I loved field hockey. My mother played field hockey. And she, she played on a weekend team when, when she oh, was, wow. yeah. And I remember we, <laughs> she always had me outside with her while she was, when she was practicing in the backyard, <laughs> she always had me with her. And so I learned how, before I even played anything in school, I learned how to dribble, <laughs> how, to, how to take a, a, the ball to your knee and your leg and all the little bruises you'd get. It was a lot of fun. <sighs> <laughs> oh my anyway. gosh, Pam, if only I would have known you back when my kids were playing field hockey. We could have uh, used your assistance. Oh, <laughs> but but I digress. I love Carrie it. Carrie Kay said that she would have to travel to Ohio for high school football to see her nephew in the band. Mm -hmm. Or she would travel to Ohio to, to see her nephew in the band. I love bands. I love... That's another tradition um, here. Um for those who are not in the U.S., uh, high school football at the halftime, the 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 in between um, quarters, they have a performance usually by a high school band, um, and it's it's just always so much fun to see and that. It, it's true, and if you're a Rush fan from Canada or, or from Canada, um, the Ohio State football. Um, Ohio State band that plays at the halftime for their their uh, football games came out and did a whole thing for Rush the other day. So it was really cool. It's on YouTube. Just look up oh, wow. Ohio State and Rush and you'll get it. So, anyway. Well, you know, you know how that is. Um, I think, yeah, I, it's it's always good. If you haven't seen high school or college um, band, high, uh, marching bands, it's 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 really fun to watch. Um, you can find that on YouTube, too. When yes, Black Lab Lady, was... ditto on the wheel, hot boxing. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, it's, and I'll be hot honest Chris with you. Hot Chris McKenna. 
I'll be honest with you, the only time I ever watched college football growing up was just to see the halftime shows. Don't ask. <laughs> anyway. Oh, I love American football. It's, it's high, college football is my favorite. Mm-hmm. Baseball is like um, almost equal. I love them the same, but the sport I first tra- followed religiously was college football mm-hmm. for my Penn State Nittany Lions who play today. It's homecoming. And um, Ellie's kids, Xander and Maya, they are all over the place with with music, with uh, instruments, saxophones, ooh. drums, guitar. Excellent. That's Excellent. wonderful. It sounds like you have your own band there. That's right. Um, and Frank, uh, Betty said, I once got hit with a basketball. That's when I decided sports um, would be better on the audience side. <laughs> Franca said, I loved netball, hated hockey, and was always made the goalie. Never won a game because I was terrified of getting hit by that hard ball. I don't know how the goalies do it. I have a dear friend who's daughter plays goalie and boy she's fearless she played for ice hockey and also in um field hockey lacrosse well it well, lacrosse, lacrosse but boy lacrosse she's... i didn't i didn't care for <clears throat> too much and my my cousin's son got a scholar he went to um uh west point and he got there on mm-hmm. a scholar lacrosse scholarship and he's now a, a lieutenant or something in the military so anyway mm. Wow, there's some other daunting stories. And I thought you did KK, but I didn't want to say it until you sure. Karen actually did take a puff to her eye. And she went to her college graduation with a black guy. Um, and she got a Ronnie Francis signed puck and hat and from hat that experience. <laughs> I got hit in the eye and all I got was a puck, right? Oh my gosh, KK. Yeah. I, I was pretty sure you did. I thought I remembered the story, but I wasn't certain I didn't want to say it incorrectly so I'm glad you shared that and I'm sorry you went through that because I can't even imagine the pain um, involved with that um, and, and Cheryl, Anna's grandson cracked his helmet blocking a puck like soccer then cracked a skate blade blocking a puck um, totaling $625 between the helmet and skate blades yes hockey is an expensive sport yes it is <laughs> yes it is and, and players Having dated a player, professional player, uh, very interesting combination of people. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, that's definitely for your book, Pam. Yeah, yes. Um, Cheryl uh, wanted to know what we all thought of uh, the incident with Alec Baldwin and Rush. Uh, and no says, words, right? I mean, no. I and I have to tell you, Pam. For for me. When I heard the story, interestingly, I actually thought about, wow, I wonder what the people, and obviously after the, oh my gosh, it's horrible, I'm so, mm-hmm. I feel horrible for the family, I feel horrible for everyone involved, I feel horrible for Alec Baldwin, mm-hmm. I mean, everything, was, I mean, just as someone who's been in plays and theatrical productions, um, obviously non-professionally, um, I just, and have done, you know, been responsible responsible for productions at high school level um I just my heart just dropped for them I know. um but I also thought oh my gosh I wonder how the folks at passion flicks are feeling about this it's such mm-hmm. a shocker um, I thought about that too actually because I you know because I know to that, ensure safety is so paramount with everyone you know and you know especially you know like they're all they're all going through the COVID testing and everything and they have prop masters for everything including the little bunny betty as as uh um we saw when we were at their filming um but yeah i mean you know i'll tell you what alec baldwin i met him about a little over 10 years ago um it's something i was uh, uh doing uh in new york and he his public persona can be off the wall, his, you know, polit- politically and, and some other things that happened at the time. And he, the thing is, he's not like that at all. He's, he is the nicest person. And uh, Franca's got to leave, so I'll Take see care, Franca. And we're counting the days to the 24th, yep. And Franca, just as an FYI, we have a guest joining us that uh, Saturday to discuss the premiere. And I'm sure you know who that may be. Um, 
But it was just, he's such a nice man. I feel so bad for everybody's family. And it's just, I can't, I can't imagine how Alex feeling though. I mean, knowing that it was his hand, you know, his, he was holding the gun and, and, but he didn't know either, so. Well, and Anna just noted that um, that type of incident had happened previously and the regulations yeah, were upped. Night. You'd think, yeah, I know, I remembered that. And I thought, I thought they were able to, you'd think safety with prop guns would be paramount. Mm -hmm. Obviously. And I, you know, then you, you know, the conspiracy theorist side of me is like, was someone trying to uh, have, a, you know, an accident on the set, you know, but obviously that's not what happened. Mm -hmm. But why would someone put a live round into a prop gun? Uh, that exactly. just makes no sense to me. Unless people were bored and they wanted to go out target shooting or something. And I guess yeah, I, I mean, I know that it was could be the case, but I, I don't I don't know enough about prop guns in particular. Um, I just, well, for, from I, what it's, heard, it's, hor it's horrifying. From what I've heard, it, uh, if you have an actor who was going to be using a gun in TV or movie type situations, they have to take training on how to hold the gun and, and to be aware of the safety features of the gun, whether there was live ammo in it or not. Um, mm -hmm. the, you know, there, the, the gun is supposed to be checked multiple times before it's even handed to the actor to use in the scene so and and the, the he, he was told it was safe so i mean it, it, it's just so much uh, my yeah well just black lab lady uh, it's horrible at black lab lady said obviously there were not they were not following their safety protocol this should never have happened so tragic for everyone involved <laughs> and, and i have to say kk i all i did think this as well she said, I'm just angry because rule number one, you never point a loaded un or unloaded fake bullets directly at anyone. It's just a sad, preventable accident. Mm -hmm. um, and Betty said, I heard that they had previously experienced a problem with that gun. I heard that too. So, I, I mean, it's just uh, yeah. safety protocols. Obviously, something was not followed. Um, you know, and Lori's question was, why was it fired at the cinematographer? Uh, KK's exactly, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know, you know, people fool around and joke around. I always learned what KK had said. You don't, even with fake bullets, you don't point at anybody. So who knows what was happening? Who knows how it happened? Mm -hmm. um, Anna said, I only know about a starter pistol, such a tragedy. I wonder if the film would, will fold now. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I've only I shot a gun once. I don't in know my if lifetime. they did that with I don't. I don't think they did that with the crow with Brandon Lee. Ellie noted that was the film where Brandon Lee was killed. Right, right. Um, and and don't forget, it was Laura Eric Hextrom who was goofing around on set. And they were doing a, he was doing a TV show. I think Brooke Shields was in it. Mm -hmm. And he, he was playing around doing Russian roulette. And it wasn't oh, yeah, so yeah. much a bullet that was in the gun. I think there was like a, a some little thing that they can use. Well, it's pressure. I mean, there and it's, it, it fractured his skull is what actually it, killed him. Right, the air pressure or the to propel or even to make the sound. There's energy that goes out, and mm -hmm. it, it's yeah. KK, thank you. Um, Karen said, um, yes, the film is shut down indefinitely. It was reported this morning. Well. Yeah, there's no way they could have continued on mm -hmm. right away. I'm sure they're continuing the investigation mm -hmm. um, and trying to backtrack to see exactly what happened and what could be prevented. You know, um, it would be really and, good and to Brenda ask said about it could this. have just been the placement of the cinematographer. A good person to ask about that would have been Dennis from Passion Flicks. Yeah, because he, you know, he does a he's the DP, and that's what this poor woman was the DP and uh, he he would be able to tell give us a better idea as to where in the spectrum that that would have placed how, how that placement for himself for the camera and that kind of stuff so yeah anyway well speaking of Dennis and passion flicks yes Franca noted um, we have no, very no. good exciting times with Gabriel's Rapture Absolutely. coming in November. And uh, we wanted to hear a little bit more about the news from SR World. Pam? 
exactly. Well, as of November 1st, SR is going to have a giveaway on his Instagram, and there'll be more details forthcoming along that line. He says, uh, the Passion Flex tells him that a trailer for Part 1 is coming soon, and that the DVDs on Gabriel's Inferno are on order and should be back in stock shortly. I need and, to order those. Mm -hmm, I still haven't ordered mine. No. And I no. hope to have more information soon. And I know, and I'm just putting this as, out there as a note, I know that um, Erica, uh, E.L. James had um, uh, has some stuff coming through her website connected to Fifty Shades and, and the uh, and Christian's Point of View trilogy. And Ooh. there's a lot of backlog. And she, because a lot of people have ordered, I, I guess, the set of books from uh, Christian's Point of View, and they're all, they're just having supply issues like everybody else. So just be aware of that if you're going to the Passion Flick store looking for something. Mm, Anna said she tried to order and it was out of stock. So I guess stay tuned, guys. Stay yep. tuned. I do need to get them, though. I'm yeah, I, I'm so bad about that. Mm. I have to have that beautiful film um, on DVD so it's accessible at any time. Mm -hmm. Plus, I want to support Passion Flicks and Absolutely. SR. So um, the other he's also saying that he is thinking uh, of doing a watch along for part one on his Facebook page, but he's not sure when, and he'll let us know. And he found out also recently that the Gabriel series is no longer available in Brazil because the publishing contract with Aquero expired. So he's a, he's expecting his American publisher to be looking for a new Brazilian partner. But Brazilian readers can help by reaching out to their favorite publishers to suggest they pick the novels up for publication. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that that is all the news that's fit to print from the land of SR. And KK, and KK. I was uh, saying it was great to see everyone. Have a wonderful day and the rest of the weekend. So mm -hmm. have you too. Wonderful weekend, KK. Hopefully um, pain free too. Yes, and Anna Anna noted she loves all the point of view books. I want CEUs for reading and analysis. <laughs> you, sh you know what, Anna? I wonder if uh, they would develop courses around that for you, um, for your professional development and c credits. I think they could totally do that for for that book series. They could. They could. Because mm -hmm. I recommend it a lot to a lot of different people for different reasons. Yes. Betty says the teaser and trailer was so good, but sadly, no call. <laughs> no. He'll be there, I'm sure. But maybe not right away. So anyway, so should we get into the chapter? I think we should dig into the chapter. Because okay. after all, we're still in Thanksgiving land. It is still. <laughs> we're, we're still in Thanksgiving. It's been a... A very bountiful and plentiful uh, Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um, and very eventful, as you can recall. There was uh, the dinner. You know, they had a wonderful day together. They had shared the meal. Uh, Gabriel um, and Julia. Uh, Gabriel ran to the car to get the coat. He noticed this black Nissan that he saw back in Sealand or back in Boston casing the house. And he kind of took the baseball and had a good aim, speaking of baseball, and hit the windshield, cracked the cracked the back window, uh, trying to drive it away. Um, then when they came in and he took Julia out to the precious orchard to have some um, private discussion and which led to a little bit more of an intimate uh, coupling mm -hmm. in their beautiful orchard. Mm -hmm. uh, they were interrupted by a sound of cracking branches and that was terrifying to them. And Gabriel told Julia to run to the house and he went after the sound to see if it was an animal or what I think Gabriel suspected truly was um, someone who was watching them. So Julia on her way back runs and falls and injures her leg. 
Gabriel going back to the house finds her and subsequently they take her to the hospital where she's being checked out and this is where chapter 39 begins. Um, yes, Ashley, the black car returns to drive Gabriel mad. And Betty said, it's still Thanksgiving. If we are good, we can break the curse and move on to another day. <laughs> <laughs> and Anna noted, for a film class, my niece smashed Fifty Shades and Steel Magnolias. That would have been interesting, that Anna. That would have been interesting. I, I, my daughter uh, graduated with a degree in film. I'm going to tell her about that uh, exercise. I think she would have enjoyed that. Julia was the perfect protagonist in a horror film. Run and trip. Yes, Betty. Um, <laughs> since we are actually in Thanksgiving, but in reality, a week away from Halloween, um, that whole scenario of being in the woods, um, making love on a blanket, um, and hearing the crack would have been the, you know, the initial scenario, right? Mm -hmm. uh, for a horror film. And then for Gabriel to go after them and for her to run and then trip. Um, yeah, it, that could be a fanfic idea, Ashley. You know, Sleep if, away if you're camp three. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> so they're in this in Sunbury now at the hospital, and Gabriel's wondering what is taking so long. Claire is crying, and he's not been able to soothe her. So as soon as Claire started crying, I, after all this time, I'm thinking that little baby's getting hungry. So. <laughs> Uh, Richard stood to say he would check, but Gabriel put Claire on his shoulder, grabbed the diaper bag, and went to the nurse's station to explain the situation. A few minutes later, a nurse emerged from the hallway and led him to Julianne. Um, the nurse knocked on the door, explaining that the neurologist with her was with her, and before he could ask her why a neurologist would be with her, the door opened and he saw Julia's foot wrapped in a tensor bandage, which is an ace bandage. And yes, Ashley, this is a soap opera. One day lasts at least six episodes on end. <laughs> um, definitely. So, you know, Gabriel's standing there. He just heard this mention of this neurologist, but he's looking at her broken or her, her wrapped up ankle. So I'm sure he's kind of trying to figure out what's going on. Um, and the doctor stood at the door, inviting him in. And he asked Julia if she was all right. And Julia gestured for Claire. And he gave her to Julia. And he placed the diaper bag on the floor next to her. Because I'm sure Julia also knew it was time for feeding. Um, you just know. Um, your body tells you that. Um, so, <laughs> Betty, yes, Gabriel but I'm a doctor. I need to be there. Mm -hmm. Gabriel just needs to be there because he needs to be with his, his Julia. Yes. So Julia said she was okay. And, um, you know, that she was fine. She took the blanket from the bag and positioned it on her shoulder and discreetly placed the baby so she could feed. Uh, Dr. Corey, um, kept his back to her to give her privacy while, um, she was nursing. And he extended his hand, saying he was the neurologist on call and uh, greeted Gabriel. Um, and then he looked at Julianne, well, maybe not looked, but he asked Julianne permission to talk to Gabriel about her case, which, you know, doctors have to respect patient privacy, even mm -hmm. with the spouse. And um, so I thought that was, you know, uh, a good thing to do. And I thought he was being very respectful. Mm -hmm. um, Betty said, doctor rolling his eyes and thinking to himself, and so it begins. I heard, heard about this one. <laughs> oh, Betty. I, I wonder if he did hear about this one. Um, I'm not a I doctor, don't think... but I do play one on TV. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody could be a doctor. I'm a professor, right? Um, so Dr. Corey told Gabriel that the ankle was sprained and that Julia sustained torn ligaments, but the x-ray showed no break, no break thankfully. Um, but Julia spoke of numbness on her other leg, and he was called in for a diagnosis. Um, he had performed some tests and determined that there was some nerve damage from the epidural she received in September. And Gabriel questioned that. Uh, 
Dr. Corey said that she has pain in her left leg, but her right leg um, has numbness. And Julia mentioned to the doctor that um, the numbness started around the time of the baby's birth. Mm, dun, 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 right? Right. So, um, before we get into the diagnosis, uh, one of the things we asked SR this week was, how did you find and why did you select the name Dr. Corey? Um, it's spelled K-H-O-U-R-Y. And I was curious because sometimes SR has uh, reasons, specific reasons for selecting names. So, we wanted to find out why. Um, SR says... The surname Corey is a Lebanese name, and this choice was a greeting to my Lebanese readers around the world with thanks for their support. So I thought that was super cool and very thoughtful, as SR mm -hmm. tends to be um, incredibly thoughtful and kind. And I'm putting that, that in the chat box just mm -hmm. so people know. Um, and yes, Anna said, it's in the chart. Beware of this husband. Call him professor to get on this good side. <laughs> <a> good side. <laughs> You're so right, Anna. You're so right. So, so <laughs> Julia, oh dear, how do I explain this to Gabriel without him freaking out? So exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Lori. Lori said that was a great question and answer. Thank you. So Gabriel, it was a great answer. Gabriel was surprised by, by the diagnosis. Oh, Halftime show. Halftime show. Without the marching band, right? We couldn't afford a marching band, no. so we're giving you, we're Plus giving one. you our countdown to Christmas, <laughs> which started last <laughs> night, by the way. Um, yeah, somebody that would be marching around the the parking if I had the, if you had the chance. Anyway, so um, Gabriel was surprised. He's looking at Julia's as as he's hearing this, and as he, she notices that when she's he's looking at her, he's like, she can see her. And then it goes totally blank on his expression. <clears throat> Yikes. Yeah. So it, it could be dangerous times in the, dangerous times ahead, especially with Gabriel. Um, the doctor assured them that the numbness was a common side effect from epidural. And yeah, that sometimes, you know, people get, feel, go through this. Sometimes lasts a couple weeks or a few weeks and then, uh, comes back but occasionally will not uh, but he did recommend that Julia follow up with a neurologist in Boston and uh, never having had an epidural I can't I can't say one way or the other I can tell you I have had an epidural twice mm -hmm. and I had very good results both times I feel very fortunate um, and I, I called it my key to enjoyable childbirth there you go. <laughs> so I didn't plan on it. Uh, my first labor went very, 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 very long. <laughs> and um, I had asked for an epidural because I was afraid at that point I wouldn't be able to push because I, mm -hmm. I had been up over a day at that point. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it did help. You could feel movement and pressure, but you couldn't feel there wasn't the, the pain wasn't involved. And I, you know, I, there are things do go wrong, though. And in this mm -hmm. case, that's something that happened. Mm -hmm. So, um, like I said, I didn't, I, I was, when I had my son, they totally knocked me out. So. Mm -hmm. That's, that's a little more old school. But no, that also was had, also had because you so. had a C-section. And when you have C-sections, that's what they'll do. Um, Betty also said, uh, she thought Dr. Corey, um, she was, didn't think the doctor was Lebanese. She wasn't sure. She actually thought the doctor was African American and Pollyanna noted, you can feel the tension in the room when Gabriel's hearing about the numbness in her leg for the first time, even reading it was palpable. Mm -hmm. And I, mm -hmm. Pollyanna, I think spot on, um, the way SR wrote this, you could tell, you can almost see, you know, now that you've seen this on film, you could almost see. Uh, Julia Baruti exuding this like tense anger, mm -hmm. frustration, hurt, like all these feelings. You can kind of see this portrayal on screen of how the scene would be. Um, I, because I do think at the end of the day, I think I think the hurt is really what's um, going to override all of this. The fact that he kept this from her. 
she kept this from him. So it's true. That is true. So yeah. So Gabriel, like you know, he's like he, he just like pushes, put you know, rubs his face because like he doesn't know where else to go on that point. And uh, he says uh, the doctor had uh, said past to him, uh, that he was keeping a, his pack to Julia for privacy with Claire and, you know, wouldn't look back to see what was going on. Um, but he told her to keep her ankle elevated as soon as, as long as possible with a nice pack or a good frozen vegetable bag also works. Um, you know, just to keep the swelling down and to help heal the sprain. And take, like, you know, over-the-counter meds, Tylenol, ibuprofen, naproxen, whatever it may be. He also told her to follow up with the neuro neurologist on her return. And uh, so she thanks the doctor. And, and the doctor shakes hands with Gabriel. And he uh, goes off into the netherworld. So we, we did ask uh, SR, did Julia actually think the numbness would go away? And uh, he, he said uh, he thinks that Julie is in denial about the numbness. She may think it's just a strange symptom, but she probably doesn't realize it likely as a neurological cause. And that's something someone should ignore. I, I, you know, I'm True. guilty of it too. I'm guilty of it where there's something wrong and not wanting to go to the doctor. For, it happens. You know, it happens. So, you know, you, you just, if you... If, you know, maybe you'll wish it away. So, but you can't wish things away. You have to when there's something. You have to take the deep breath and put on our big girl panties and go get it checked. And it's terrifying. As to long do that, as, but... as long as it's only a thong panty, I'm not a big. I don't like big girl uh, panties. <laughs> <laughs> knowledge is power. That's as right. They say, That's right. even if it's scary knowledge. Um, even if it's not happy diagnoses, mm -hmm. it, it helps you take the first step to try and deal with the problem. True. Yeah, Brenda says she hoped it would go away. Anna noted she kept this from him. And Betty said, I understand why Gabriel is upset. Three months have passed <laughs> since they left the hospital. This mm -hmm. is something serious. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's not like it happened two weeks ago. This has been a, a good Three chunk months. of time, a quarter of a year. You know, so Gabriel's sitting there silent, deathly silent, as he looked over Julie, and he couldn't hear. She, who, who could hardly hear him breathe, even. And so she's, she's like, "Darling," <laughs> and uh, he asked a bit harshly when she was going to tell him. And Julie responded that she did think it would go away. Um. You know thought or hoped as Gabriel was asking and she said she was going to tell him after it went away Gabriel's right. still silent mm. mm -hmm. as Anna says silence is deadly it absolutely is mm. so well, you know I, I, to your point you know sometimes you do hope it away but the other element here is that and I, I understand this timing element too. I'm, I'm, te I'm t definitely known to be in more of a time warp and weeks can go by and I feel like it's just like two days mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. vice versa. But, you know, she did just have a baby and she's in that newborn mother phase where everything's kind of like, you're up all the time, you're time, mm -hmm. you're sleep deprived. So I, I, I feel like a little bit of that may have played into it. I'm but sure the bottom is. line is it still was something that was affecting her. And, you know, with their partnership and the way they where they've come, what they've been through, all their counseling, she really should have mentioned it to him. She should have. Yeah. So, so it's because she and I, um, Claire finishes on one breast and she switched, she burps her and switches her over to the next breast. And uh, he's still very quiet. Mm. And uh, as, as she finishes on the other breast and, and she burps her, Gables takes the baby, changes him, changes Claire, grabs the diaper bag as she thanks him, handed Julia her crutches, and she's just waiting for him to say something. And nothing, he's not saying anything. Oof. 
I can see this scene playing out. I really can. And no. like the tension, um, it, as as um, Pollyanna said, is, is palpable. You know, and I'll be very honest with you. I have been known to do something like this. <laughs> the, the Gabriel side of this. Mm -hmm. As my late husband can attest to after one missed anniversary. Um, <laughs> so... As they, they, she limps out with her, her crutches to the waiting room and uh, gets in the car, doesn't speak a word the entire ride home. Mm. So we asked uh, SR, why did he give her the silent treatment? And his response is, Gabriel, of course, is very anxious about this. But when it comes to medical issues, he feels frustrated and helpless. Medicine is not his field, and so his intellect doesn't help him in these cases. Mm, so it's that powerlessness, um, mm -hmm. which even augments it. And, and there's some really good comments in the chat room. Brenda noted, um, Julie's not thinking about Gabriel or Claire when she withholds this from him. What if something more was it? What if it was something more serious? Mm -hmm. And Betty noted she's guilty of that, too. Um, she won't say a thing until whatever health problem she has goes away. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes we will do that in terms of if there's something going on and it's getting checked, but we don't know the outcome, like you're waiting for a test result. Sometimes mm -hmm. we will wait mm -hmm. for the result so you can be definitive about it instead of having everybody wait and worry. Um, but... Yeah, just just kind of ignoring it's not always the best thing to do, and actually, it can it can really make things worse if you wait too long on certain health issues. Absolutely. Um, Black Lab Lady noted, um, at this point, I think Gabriel clammed up because he was so furious. He he knew he might say something he would regret. I think that's a very valid point. That is um, a valid point. Um, I think there was a lot. And, and he, he just frankly might not know what to say besides, you know, just spewing um, very, very, um, you know, all of his frustration out on her. And I think that he knows that wouldn't make the situation better. No. And, you know, people, the one thing you can never take back is something you've said. Mm-hmm. Especially in and, anger. Yeah. And Anna noted that. Anna, our, our resident, all things SR counselor. Um says you never take back words so stay silent mm -hmm. good choice professor and i think yeah i mean i there the only thing i could think he could say was expressing how he felt and that he felt that he he was hurt by the fact she didn't tell him i think that's the only thing that he could say that wouldn't be really damaging Mm -hmm. So I think saying silent, sometimes you have to cool off before you have the discussion. And I think that was right. As Brenda noted, he doesn't want to say something he would regret. <laughs> says WTF, Julianne, comes to mind. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, so I think, and I, I thought, I'm glad, you know, obviously he gives her the silent treatment because he's angry and upset. But I wanted to see what SR said. That's why I asked the question, mm -hmm. um, because I think I, I like the fact that he kind of put in a little bit of, you know, it's not just that he didn't know. It's that his it's his helplessness and his yeah. feeling of frustration and that usually he's a smart guy and he can figure things out and he can fix it. Mm -hmm. and, you know, it goes back to the promise. It goes back to him promising to protect and to keep them safe and. You know, I, I say this often, but that theme really does resonate in nearly every chapter of the book. And, and yes, yeah, yeah, another it does. And you case. can tell that he's, he's always, he's, he's super protective of everybody. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, Julianne in her own way is too. It's just not right. as pronounced as Gabriel's is. Yeah, well, he just has that strong, intense personality mm -hmm. that kind of just bowls you over. Mm -hmm. Lori said, um, you know, that is wise, Anna. I sometimes fail at that. And I think we all do at times, Lori. Um, sometimes it's better not to say anything and kind of take a breath and listen to your inner, get, let yourself calm down. Um, Betty 
noted, I'm sure Gabriel's wondering how did he miss the signs? I think you're right about that too, Betty. I think, you know, he's kind of probably playing in his mind. Is there any way I could have noticed this? Is there things that she did or was she limping or, you know, he's going to second guess because he wants to, you know, I think mm-hmm. he feels badly that she's been struggling for three months and she hadn't told him. And then Anna said, you can think what you want. Sometimes have the good sense not to say it out loud. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like writing the letter, writing the angry letter and then tearing it up, um, just getting it out. Um, yeah, I've done that. Julianne isn't used to having, Julianne isn't used to having people care about her is the other point Anna raised, which is spot on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. She's not even thinking about the, you know, telling him because she's always had to be her own champion. Well, well, she's also not thinking about it. You know, she's, she's, but she's also not thinking about the fact that if if her leg is numb and she doesn't hit a stair properly, she could fall down with the baby in arms or, or anything like that. So, right. You know, hopefully this will all resolve itself in, in the, in the long run. Yeah, but I, you know, they told them what it meant, but I guess she's going to have to wait and talk to her specialist in Boston, Boston. find a specialist to do a little more investigating on, you know, will the numbness go away? Is she going to have to learn how to live with this numbness in the leg, which I think would be very difficult. Yeah, Um, I think that would be too. I mean, she'll be able to work around it because people are very resilient and they find ways. But, um, yeah, it's a challenging situation. Uh, Pollyanna asked if uh, it made her think about the kind of symptoms suggested by doctors to look out for once you've had a baby. She doesn't have kids, so she wouldn't know. Um you know, it's hard uh, for me when I had my son, uh, the doctor just, you know, told me basically to look out since I had the incision, look out for any weeping or redness, soreness, fever, anything like that. But Right. Any sign of infection. Yeah. Um, but other than that, they never said anything. I don't think, and, and as someone who had the epidural, of course, this was many, many, many years ago, um, 26 and 24 years ago to be exact mm-hmm. um I, they they do obviously any signs of infection are really what and even for non-cesarean births mm-hmm. you have to watch about bleeding and and, and not over straining you got to watch about internal bleeding but um i'm i don't remember them saying specifically as someone who had an epidural, if you have to look, I, I think they do make a, a reference if, you know, if you're, you know, if you don't have feeling coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I was in the hospital longer than the normal time period. So I think some of that was dissipated because they were able to see that all my senses were back. But, um, yeah, I, you know, mm-hmm. it's something good to think about. Again, you learn so much from SR's books, right? Um, and yeah, and this yeah. is another this is another uh, example of oh that is something that could possibly happen so stick that in mind if um, if you uh, uh, if and when uh, you decide to and have kids something else to think about yeah my my it's funny because my mother was uh, born in the house that you grew up in my grandmother did not go to the hospital for any of her kids. Mm-hmm. And which was unusual at those times, those times because my other grandmother had all of her children in a hospital. Wow. Yeah, from my, my she had her children from 1920 through 1927. So, and every single one was in a hospital. Although my father was almost born in the Philadelphia Zoo because <laughs> the car broke down right outside the zoo when they were on the way to the hospital. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, but my mom, I mean, I think my, my mother's brother, he was born what they called a blue baby. Oh yeah. 
And I think they did take him to the hospital very soon after he was born. Get but the airflow going. Yeah, I just, mm. I don't remember. Well, I, I wasn't there, so I, how could I yeah. Well, and Anna Annie. noted, Anna noted she never had an epidural, so she wouldn't have been giving that specific instruction. But in general, something out of the ordinary, you're instructed to call the doctor. Right. And that's right. definitely the case. So, yeah, fascinating times, friends, fascinating oh, yes. times. Oh, yes. And we, you know, are still in Thanksgiving <laughs> and we are thankful that Julia is okay and that uh, little Claire and Gabriel and Richard now are heading back to the house. Yeah. I, so. So much excitement around them in Thanksgiving. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what is it with that holiday, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and and it, it's remarkable about, uh, about the, the challenges that they've faced um, and how far they've come. It's really exciting to see that mm -hmm. as well mm -hmm. in the story and the progression. And, and yes, Betty... Having babies is hard, and you being the super duper auntie um, with your blessednesses, you you know that as well because it does take a village. It certainly to take does. care of these babies. It certainly does. And and Anna also said she also had Rebecca to tell, and you're right about that. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm surprised she didn't confide in Rebecca on that. Yeah, because Rebecca um, would have would have at least given her suggestions on, on what to do. I think Rebecca would have gotten her to a doctor. Absolutely. I think she would have, you know, even if Julia fought it, I think she eventually would have been able to convince her to go just to check, just to check, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Betty says never a dull moment with the Emersons and that her blessedness 2.0 is here with her. So Aww. I hope you have fun with blessedness 2.0 today. In my, uh, mind, my blessedness was uh, at a Irish cottage in Queens last night with her mom. Oh, for cool. a girl's night. Because <laughs> I got pictures of her with the, the almost Irish Colombian <laughs> <laughs> comment underneath it. So, which is cute. That's anyway. adorable. Mm -hmm. oh, I bet she had fun. I bet she had fun. Oh, yeah, she. She's uh, she's getting to be such a big. She's not a little girl anymore. She's preteen. <laughs> it's hard to believe, and I know. and and I just can't believe the time is going so fast. It's going slowly in uh, in uh, Gabriel's promise uh, since we've been on Thanksgiving for many many weeks, but um, it's, as, it's going quickly here. And in, Rebecca said, Rebecca or Anna said, Rebecca's urged going to the hospital the day after coming home. Mm-hmm. And yes. Ellie, Ellie said, uh, there are a lot of feelings there. Julie is often one who ignores things uh, and is uh, both aware of them and doesn't immediately think someone will care. She may also fear Gabriel's worry, overprotectiveness, and wouldn't want him to uh, be even more protective. And, and he was hoping that it would go away, dis uh, distracted by being a new mother and everything else. She said she had an epidural with Maya and had an allergic reaction, needing more Benadryl. Worst thing that, that's happened with with that, though, was me stripping down because the gown was itchy. So, mm. so sorry, medical staff. <laughs> You've got a naked <laughs> <laughs> But birth was easier than uh, without, without, uh, with, with it than without it. Yeah. <laughs> And who came came too fast once he decided to come, even though both my kids waited 41 weeks. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, Sorry. Ellie. And no they were happy. They were happy inside. They didn't want to they didn't want to pop out. That's right. <laughs> they knew they had it good. They knew where they had it good. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, my granddaughter was 41 weeks too. So Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no worries about the typos. Betty's right. saying Ellie needs coffee. We will send you more coffee, Ellie. We will send you more coffee. But As your points are like your points empty. are so on your points are so on on point. You know, you're 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 so right. You're just so right about you know her worrying mm -hmm. and her also knowing that he's going to continue to be wanting to 
protect her and um, she just doesn't want to deal with it, frankly. You know, one of my biggest complaints that when Jim and I were married that I ever made was that he is right on top of you all the time. And it was a combination protection, doesn't want to be without you type of thing. But it was like, just give me some space here every now. And, you know, that's, yeah, it's hard. So it is. Anyway, anyway, well, I think it's been a fun discussion this morning, friends. Yes, um, yes it has. All things SR, you never know what direction we're going to go, um, and you never know who's going to pop in. <laughs> yes, as evidenced last by last yes. week, I think um, those of you who were here. Um, I uh, got to have the treat of SR surprising us all in the chat room. Um, if you weren't here, um, feel free to go back and look at last week's chat. You can read it or you can al- always listen to the podcast. Um, but it was really, really um, a fun time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Anna noted, I think Julian was afraid and pulled the head in the sand, put the head in the sand as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, definitely understand that I do too. and and Betty said Catherine Picton I'm so glad I didn't have to go through that <laughs> <laughs> and she also and, wonders if it will make Rachel think twice about having a baby I'm not sure I'm not, I don't think so because I, I, I any pain that you go through when you've had a baby seems to go away from your memory yeah when you know after the first one and you know, yeah, and I think Rachel so much. One. I think Rachel so much wants a baby, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think that's also you know being open to having a baby in whatever manner one comes into your life, either mm-hmm. um, like biologically or uh, through adoption or you know, through any other way or means. I think, um, you know, they were looking at IVF. And mm-hmm. so, I, you know, I, I really, I, I, I'm interested in seeing how the Rachel's and Aaron's storyline progresses with their desire to have a child. Although Betty is pointing out that after her sister gave birth to the first blessedness, uh, she did not want to go through that. <laughs> Betty herself. <laughs> I understand that. I think sometimes, though, it's worse for the person watching or hearing about it mm-hmm. than it is for the person actually going through it. Worse is maybe that's probably not the right way to put it. But I think there's this intensity. Um, my sister-in-law was the same way. She was like, she visited mm-hmm. me while I was going through labor and she just she had to leave the room. She was too upset. Um, so Anna said, I heard horror stories and still wanted children. Plus my husband was like Gabriel with a successful reversal. Oh my gosh. How wonderful is that? I've had, I had a friend who was in the same situation. Um, she had been remarried. So it was a second marriage. The husband had a successful reversal and they have a beautiful uh, daughter named Joanna now because of it. Um, yeah, it's uh, everybody has to go through their own path and their own journey. That's true. Um, so That's very, very true. Yeah, just, and you just never know. You do, you don't. Mm. And uh, Betty's pointing out that her mom almost died after having a C-section with her little brother, and the birth process scares her. Um, my mom had that happen. I don't know whether with me or with my sister but um apparently they didn't get all the placenta out when she mm. had had i don't know which one it was she's told me the story i just don't remember and i know she ended up in the hospital for a little bit afterwards yeah because of it, so. well and, and that's that's why you um work with uh, professionals and people who mm-hmm. can care for you you know uh, everything's uncertain in life, as we know. Um, yeah. I think these books are a great <laughs> reminder of that, and I think they're a great meditation on that. 
and on how we can cope and persevere and succeed and thrive. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot to it, but I'm just glad your mom was okay, Betty. And, um, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of goodness and we just have to continue to focus on that positive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I just want to say a little hello to Karina who joined us. Hi, Karina. Um, we are actually tagging at the very end. We talked about chapter 39 today, uh, Gabriel's Promise, so you can re-listen. Um, and uh, very excited about the November uh, part one premiere of Gabriel's Rapture. So, And we're looking forward to next week. Absolutely, we are. And uh, hopefully we'll be out of Thanksgiving by then, or close yeah. to it. We shall see. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks, thank you, Black Love Lady, for it. I'm glad you came back. And uh, go, go listen to the last week's, because SR came in and towards the end of the program last week. So Anyway, yes. we get the trailer soon. We're going to have a good week. And thank you, Lori. We appreciate you and everyone who listens to us either and joins us in the chat or just listens to us whenever they can. Um, it's, it's, it's really fun. We have a good time doing this. So Yes, we do. Yes, we do. And and we, we sometimes get a little crazy. Like Wednesday when Leslie came, we went to see Belfast <laughs> at the Philly, Philly Film Festival, which, by the way, I was on a... a, a clubhouse chat with uh, Erica last night at Yale James and a couple uh-huh. other people and, and they had just, she had just seen Dune I said well I just saw Belfast to find out that her husband and her oldest son were all from Belfast really? yep So, anyway fascinating yes have Bye. a great week everyone and we will we will all be back together again next week with chapter right, 40 Pam. Take care, everyone. Have a wonderful week. I'm going to take us out with some Buffalo Springfield today. For what it's worth, have great. a great week. Thanks. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there. Telling me I got to beware. I think it's time we stop, children, what's that sound? Everybody look what's going down.